Darcy Bayliss and Emma Axe on Noah the Dream. You're on mornings and it's time for a little bit of movies, movies, movies. Mm. Welcome to movies, movies, movies. And we're on movies, movies, movies. A big welcome to Jen and Andre. Good morning. Good morning. I, I still calm after our sting sometimes. Mm. I love the idea of a slow cinema episode. When can we do a slow, a slow cinema episode? That, that intro is my dexamphetamine. Mm. <laughs> How are you both? Well, well, yeah, good. No, really good. Had a, had a big cathartic dance on the weekend. Mm. I love that. Yeah. And today we're talking about things that we truly care about with people that we truly love. Wonderful. Well, let's get into this uh, sting for movie news. That's gossip. Movie news. That's gossip. All right, Jen, and take it away. Jenny. Oscar buzz around Borat too, Andre. Do you want to talk about Maria Bakalova or how would your mum pronounce it? Maria Bakalova. (laughs) (laughs) She plays Tuta in uh, Sash Baron Cohen's... uh, subsequent movie film to the original Borat, who he's actually convinced this beautiful elderly woman that she was, at 15, going to get a breast implant? The biggest titties in the world? Is that the news? The news is that Sash Baron Cohen has donated $100,000 to this woman's community church because Ah. she talks her out of getting the breast implant. And I think that in true, like, Scarlett Johansson not getting an Oscar for Under the Skin vibes... That is real acting. Like, if you can go on the street and convince someone of your character, something that was given to you as well by Sasha Baron Cohen, that should be on... Like, is that the first mockumentary Oscar? Right, 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 right. Um, I mean, this is this is the second blunder that Sasha has encountered with this film because there was the controversy where uh, Sasha entered a temple and... Um, temple? Synagogue? Help me out here. I'm learning in public. Yeah, synagogue. And um, had a conversation with... Uh, someone about Judaism and she wasn't aware of what was happening and then she took him to court yeah but she's apologised and he dedicated the film to her because she spoke so eloquently didn't she die Jen? I'm pretty sure she died that was the problem I don't think she's died oh really? oh well sorry I'm not up to date on this news I don't think she died I'm pretty sure they took him to court because Mm. she was tricked and he dedicated the whole film to her because she spoke so eloquently about the importance of Remembering the Holocaust. Mm. Anyway, point is, though, is everyone type in Sacha Baron Cohen, Borat 2 Controversy, and watch the film while you're at it, because uh, there is uh, Oscar hype around it. <laughs> Do you know who did die, though? Oh, <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing. That's not, that's not appropriate. Love, but he's old, he's fine, he's been retired, he lived a great life. Sean Connery is officially dead, and he will be remembered, I guess, by me for being in the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. It was his final film. He got paid $17 million for it, so they weren't able to pay for nice things for any of the rest of the shoot. And then he spent the rest of his life complaining about it and never did another film. Truly tragic end. Uh, but he went. To, he got to 90, which is impressive. Oh, Sean well E.C. Is Joe Biden going to make it to 90? I just feel like I've never seen a single Sean Connery James Bond, and I never will, and I'm fine with that. And I guess in the last news that we have, this is kind of controversial news. We've just got an email in our inbox that a film that was actually banned from Melbourne International Film Festival at the request of some child psychologists, The Trouble with Being Born by Sandra Wallner, that did really well internationally, 
um, is going to get an Australian release. Mm, this is true. And we are interested in talking to the director as someone who's been invited to a film festival in Australia and then banned from it mid-festival. We're not talking prior to announcement. We're talking film was screened and then they're like, whoa, let's pull the plug. 2020 has seen some cancellations of festival selections, left, right and centre. It's a bit like, okay, message to all Australian programming bodies. uh, You need to hire some younger, more equipped people because you guys are programming films that are getting pulled and torn up left, right and centre. But also I think the message is like, curate anything, but just like have your warnings there. You know what I mean? David Stratton was like, everyone needs to get fired at Melbourne Film Festival for this. It really reminded me of when Margaret Pomeranz went into bat for Bruce LaBruce's LA Zombie and Ken Park as well. Mm. My question is, why are Australian film festivals suddenly pulling films that cause a buzz? You know what I mean? Uh, mm. Like, I'm a bit like, hasn't that, isn't that the, the place for, isn't f- for that films? Isn't the place? Or? Are we going to water everything down? Every single filmmaker is, like, self-censoring now because they're scared. <laughs> like, who's pushing the boundaries anymore? You know who's pushing the boundaries? Drew Lynn for MM, which love, is the film that love. we are reviewing and bringing to love, Australia love, for love, its love, premiere. Love, 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 love. Because we're going to speak to Ripper Gently later on in the show, who's a curator at Pink Flamingo Cinema. A cinema space that has never pulled a film that's controversial. And they're going to program MM, which is screening next week. And we're going to talk. Have we said too many things without any context? gay film about Heron Sauna. There is dick in the film. But we're talking to the programmer of the film festival right after two takes. We're going to keep it PG, I promise. And this next song needs a language warning. It's Gianni Lee and Andrea Vale on Gas. Take two. You're on mornings. That was Andrew Vale and Gianni Lee with Gas. It's movies, 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 and Jen and Andre. Uh, what would be normally uh, two takes uh, is just going to be one take, I believe. One two film. On one film. One film, two takes. Uh, we just don't want to cram things in anymore. And also, cinema is dead, so we're trying to. Review less movies. Stretch it out by having a dialogue. Literally. But we sent you guys a beautiful clip of the trailer for this great film, MM, which features lots of techno. Come on, Sydney, listen up, uh, play it. Get on your knees. Bit of a delayed instance there, but I'm all for it. You got there. Enter the Void vibes. So MM, which is what we're talking about today, is screening next week as part of Pink Flamingo's extremely online curation. And we are going to bring it to the cinema. We want to talk about it to give it some hype. It's about... Two boys in Berlin who both have uh, a name that begins with M. One of them is Matthias, one of them is Matthew. I Not cu- Mask and Mask. I couldn't tell which one was which uh, after a while because they're so similar. Um, and they have a psychosexual play, romance, uh, cat and mouse situation happening that turns violent and also sexual. Jen. Yeah, Drew Lynn says that his biggest inspirations for this film were Possession and Three Women, but I think he's bearing the lead. This is Drew Lynn, who's a Canadian filmmaker, famously moved to Berlin and made this film in Berlin about what it's like to be Canadian, trying to fit in with the homogenous, kind of insidious techno landscape there. And I think he's bearing his biggest 
like reference, which is Mean Girls. Like, there is this deep Katie Regina George energy going on, especially fulfilling the fantasy of seeing like a bullying alpha gay stylist club promoter get hit by a bus. But also not Mean Girls because this film is dialogueless. It's all acted out through yeah. sexual touches, power plays, running around the cityscape. I know. I would almost go as far as to say that this film is speaking to the fact that the best films about German culture happen by people who were from outside of Germany. You know, I was thinking, who are my favourite filmmakers that have done things with Berlin or Berlin-esque? I mean, Peaches, The Knife... Even like, like no one even talks about Werner Herzog's German Germany films. It's all the things that happen outside of Germany, and that's why I love this so much because Drew's obviously Canadian, la petite canadienne, and I I think the the foreigner bringing a critique to Germany is something that I can relate to as someone who has never been to Berlin. Literally, I know nothing about Berlin culture or Berkheim culture. I honestly thought that Ag Cook was from Germany, and that's why I find this film appetizing and able to be watched. What do you think about the mum in this film, though? Because one of the only pieces of dialogue is our early phone calls that um, Matthew has with their mum. And I was like, this should be M slash M slash M because I really think this film is about what happens when you stop calling your mum and you, like, relinquish any femininity and you just shave your head and become, like, a disgusting, toxic gay. Yes, the mum in this film, the Andorval of this film. I, I, I... There's definitely... It's one of those things where there are all these points of critique in the film, such as the lack of women speaking in the film, the lack of, you know, um, external inspirations outside of just the grander culture of the film. And I'm aware of them, and I wish that there was more of them. Because when you're gay in Berlin, in the techno scene, you have to relinquish your personality just to be part of the beat. And uh, that means being a bit boring and being a bit silent. Don't you think? 100%. This is a soft center fantasy, but they live it every day. My favourite scene is when they have a kebab. Um... And I also just love, like, a beautiful, glassy aqua pool, which is where the first kind of fantasy mirroring happens in this film. It's a film about mirrors and uh, mask for mask and, uh, I guess, not mothers. And I would say that it's a minimalist masterpiece of a new queer wave that we're seeing of low-core filmmaking that looks expensive but wasn't. I want Drew's next film to be about Canadian culture because that, to me, is truly worth seeing on screen. Well, damn, there you go. The best films about Berlin and Bergheim culture aren't made by Germans. Literally. It's like Sydney. <laughs> None of the good Sydney art is by Sydney side. It's Literally, like, this is all people. we're talking about. It's people who come to Sydney <laughs> that actually bring the arts culture here. They're just saying, just saying, sorry, I've never been to a house of mints. I don't understand DJ culture. What do they say at me? <laughs> Shut up. Honestly. <laughs> If I have to hear another Kofa student, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. So much love, so much love. So much love. Thank Look. you to the community and the culture. Okay, one last thing is I think Drew said very specifically this wasn't a film about love because it's about one guy who finds another guy and then like parasitically copies his identity and becomes him in like a 3D printing kind of sculptural way. And I would say that like it really is a bit of an interrogation on like the idea of community and when community isn't based on love, it's actually just like careerist and that is scary. That is the horror of this film. Mm. Damn. Mm. Well, on that, we're going to go to a little bit of a Lady Gaga moment. This, uh... this is this is German culture to me. Yes, yeah, seriously. This is of... this is us trying to get into Bergheim. When I was thinking about my favorite my favorite Berlin German art, I could only think of you know the fame monster and born this way because Andre, the best piece of Berlin art of Bergheim art is Gaga opening her Coachella headlining set with the, this song that I can't pronounce. That is a play on a German word. It's no, no, no. So this isn't it? it. This capital letter B in German is a double S. 
It's double S. So it's scheiße. But is any of this real German? I thought the whole point of the song was that it's all fake German. But she kind of This like title it. isn't fake. Oh! And on that, we're going to go to some Lady Gaga. Right here, uh, we've got uh, Spotlight coming up, so don't go anywhere. You're on FBI. German, but I can if you like. Actually, when I was to be clear, it's got to be madre monster. All should be ange can be flag and be gone me uskabot bear. We should have been asked to be clear, it's gone but uster monster. All should be ange can be flaws and Fräulein, we should be clear. Actually, when I was to be clear, it's got to be madre monster. All should be ange can be flag and be gone me uskabot bear. We should have been asked to be clear, it's gone but uster monster. All should be ange can be flaws and Fräulein, we should be clear.
We are on Movies, 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 and it is time for a little spotlight. Spotlight. Now, right now, Jen and Andre and I are joined live by a very special guest, Ripper Gently, who is the curator of Extremely Online, an, an online film festival for Pink Flamingo Cinema. Jen, Andre, please welcome our wonderful guest. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Willkommen. Is that how you say it? Uh, Willkommen. Yeah. I can't speak German, but I kind of feel like, can you hear us? Oh, we're doing German this morning. That's fun. We're That's doing, fun. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> we, we just watched the a German film. And, uh, Oh, that's right, that's right, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I, I haven't actually managed to see it myself yet, but I, I hear stellar reviews. It sounds good. It sounds very icy, very chilly, very German. Yeah, it's very, very icy. It's maybe not something that we have curated in the past, but I'm so excited to show it in the context of Pink Flamingo Cinema. And I'm excited to hear your thoughts on Pink Flamingo going online because for me, I mean, the space is amazing and I'm missing the space every single day. It's like being in... What would you say? The Bowery, we used to call it uh, when we were doing stuff there. But um, I guess for me, the special thing about Pink Flamingo was always the curation. Mm, mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm pleased to hear that because that is the one thing that hasn't been uh, taken from us in this in this hell year. Um, uh, the curation for online has been interesting. It's um, It's been interesting uh, trying to program things that will work in an online context, but it's allowed us to explore stuff like uh, a lot more short-form content, um, a bit more video art. We did a collaboration with Channels Festival in Melbourne. Uh, yeah, some things that may not have, perhaps have worked as well in a physical space that have been a delight to bring online. Uh, we're still using the physical space. We shot a uh, a live cine concert in there last night, so that was that was a little a little taste of home, a little like being back. Ripper, give us some deets. Days, dates, fees, what should people do? How can people get involved? Uh, people can get involved very simply through our website, pinkflamingocinema.com, and just navigate to Extremely Online. Uh, that's the bit of the portal that we've developed there. And uh, from there, on the up next page, you can see what we're going to be uh, streaming in the next week and uh, watch embedded there. There's a live chat function that can pop out as well in a separate window, which is very, very swish, I think. Uh, yeah, coming this week, we've got uh, on Thursday uh, films by Connor Bateman, a, um, a uh, now Melbourne-based video artist uh, who does a lot of interesting stuff in reframing genres, so exploitation, uh, horror, Italian cannibal movies, all, all kinds of stuff. Uh, and then the week after that, I believe, where uh, we have two delightful um, guest curators who who put together something very special. Am I correct? Really special, really this special. Is very correct, very, very correct. <laughs> yeah, everyone's gonna have to get their currywurst ready. We're showing MM, which we did just review. Um, and I'm excited to bring Drew Lint's Porn Film Festival starring Slam Band starring film to Australia for the first time. Especially because it's a club film, so I feel like it'll remind everyone of what we're missing out on at the moment with lockdown. Yeah, just, just a little taste of, of remembering what it's like to get turned away for your shoes. Um, we, we all miss those <laughs> oh my god, is this the Cannes Film Festival? <laughs> <laughs> Ripper, I'm um, going to ask yeah, a question. It... Can I ask one last question if that's okay? Of Do you have time? You... Of course, of course. As someone that kind of relied on the aesthetic and the experience of a dingy underground venue, how does it feel to go online mm-hmm. and is this something that you can see existing into the future or do we need to get back to the space for it to actually work? 
Well, we've tried to carry through some of the dinge because it is just a WordPress-based site. So there's, you know, it's, we haven't <laughs> gone too incredibly flash yet. Um, we did have a, an amazing artist, uh, Jesse Vega, who um, you can find on Instagram, who's done uh, mock-up 3D renderings of the space as it is in its now derelict post-apocalyptic form that are embedded in the site. So there's a little hint of that. Um, I'm enjoying being online. It's been good. It's been interesting to reach people who may not have been able to physically make it to the cinema other otherwise but i am yes absolutely fanging to get back in the space because um hey we trade in aesthetics it's it's sometimes all we have and and missing that i think and and having to play i guess with the big dogs online up against other streaming services is fun for a while but yes i want to go back to the real world yeah and i think it reminded me of there was another part that was curated i think for extremely online i definitely saw it through pink flamingos about um empty video shops uh, Yes, that was the um, that was the collaboration with Channels Fest um, uh, with Jesse Scott, uh, amazing artist, uh, also in Melbourne. Everyone's going to Melbourne, uh, who has been working on for the last several years on a project documenting uh, and making an interactive map of the now defunct video shops and uh, exploring them and and sort of putting together materials uh, such as she can find uh, to archive those spaces and memorialize them somewhat. Is her next project going to be Empty Cinemas? <laughs> I hope not. Um, but yes, no, absolutely something that's up for it. Um, there's a few around that have documented the spaces in Sydney that have come and gone. Uh, it was quite amazing to realise there was at least three grand old picture houses uh, just around Newtown that have now been completely demolished uh, that were there as, as late as like the 1960s. But yeah, uh, another another project to think of, I guess. I know I love hearing about Cinema Paris that was at the end of Oxford Street that showed Images of Gays, the first ever gay film festival that inspired the 78ers to do Mardi Gras. I love that that was inspired by a film, a film festival. Yeah, and I think it's classically Sydney that those places not only no longer exist, but uh, you have to really dig to find out that they ever existed at all. They paved paradise and put up a parking lot. Oh, just like the Counting Crows warned us about. <laughs> Counting Crows wrote that song famously. I did. <laughs> Thank well. you so much for being with us. Thanks so much, Rupert Thank Gently. you so much for having me. I'm, I'm very looking forward to your fabulous guest curation. I hope people can join us this Thursday. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and our website. Well, there you go. Whoop, whoop. That brings us to an end for Movies, Movies, Movies. You can listen back to the podcast, wherever you get your pods from. Uh, just look up FBI Radio and Movies, Movies, Movies will be there for you. Get the uh, Too Long Didn't Read scoop at fbiradio.com slash programs. Just click on Mornings with Maya Billick. And on that, thank you, Jen. Thank you, Andre. I looked at the opposite one of each other just as I said your name. We're mirrored. <laughs> and then we're mirrored. Thank you so much. We're going to go to a little bit of Skeleton right here. Debut Sydney release with Mirrored.
This podcast is produced by FBI Radio in Sydney. Find more at fbiradio.com slash podcasts. 